Like a moth to a light goes Betsy to that blobby booty. Welcome to episode 45 of the Mutant Musings Podcast. It's the beginning of April 2019, so we'll be discussing some new comics and some news. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is my beautiful little bibit, Patty. Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes and anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. And follow us on Twitter at Mutant Musings. Our accounts are safe places for you to let it all hang out. Yeah. Just let it hang. Hang low. Let that guard down. Let the ass out. Nuts out, butts out. Am I right? You're right. I'm coining that. All right. Nuts out, butts out. <laughs> you know, we let the nuts out and we let the butts out. Yeah, free ball. Yeah. Free ballin', free boobin', free button. Yeah. Yeah. All the, the three Bs. You gotta let all the three Bs fly free. Speaking of guarding, guard the ears of your little ones during this podcast. If you let little Timmy or Sarah listen to us and their first word is fuck, don't blame us, but do thank us because your child is going to grow up to be fucking dope. Impress all the other kids, get in trouble at school, be rebellious, drop out, then start a revolutionary tech company from the ground up, become rich, and buy your ass a mansion for when you retire. Like the idea of all the future orgy in a mansion pool sex you're going to have? There's your explicit content warning. Did you did you think about Rocky Horror Picture Show when you wrote that? Yeah, nuts out, butts out. <laughs> yeah, the the pool scene. There was nipples. Yeah, uh, when what's her name was Columbia. Twirling. When Columbia, yeah. So so for those of you who don't know, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is a very fucking weird movie. It's got a very cult following. I I'm part out, of the cult. You're part of the cult. I was part of the cults uh, when I was a preteen. Because my parents decided to take, uh, like, a 12-year-old, 13-year-old yeah, me to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show in theaters in, uh, in the 90s. And so that was an interesting experience. <laughs> so I saw, yeah, Columbia spinning around and her nips just popping over the top of that top. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it was good. It was... I wasn't allowed to go. My oh, friends really? would go during high school. Yeah. But it was late. Is it midnight? Yeah, midnight. Because yeah, they do the midnight and, show uh, every week. I had to wait until I was an adult. And even then, it was kind of hard <laughs> to convince my parents to let me go. So when I started going, it was like when I was home from college, but not staying at my house, staying at a friend's house. So then my parents wouldn't know that I was in New Jersey and I would go. You're so rebellious. I know. Such a rebellious college student. I know. And I they have they have like, a, you know, like themes sometimes. So, like, for Valentine's Day, they have lingerie night. Halloween, they have comic book night. But they're all DC. But, and I see, I didn't even have to rebel and lie to anybody because my parents brought me to the place. That I'm sure if my grandparents, who raised me, actually knew where they were taking me, they wouldn't have been too happy about it. Yes. It's a very interesting movie. I learned the Time Warp at a young age. <laughs> time Warp is, is a fucking dope song, and they teach you how to do it right in the song. It's great. And when I was 13 and my parents brought me and they were like, oh, you've been here before? My parents were like, yeah. And they're like, what about this guy? And they're like, no. So they had to write V on my hand because um, I was a virgin. Yeah. And, and they're like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's a virgin. And my mom was like, shh. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that, that's <laughs> not the worst that you're going to see there. <laughs> at, least, at least at the one that I went to, they had this giant inflatable penis. <laughs> and I see uh, those every day, though. I mean, to be <laughs> honest, I got one on the front lawn, like NBD. You know what I mean? Come on. Yeah, I think uh, their Easter show is like a Jesus show. 
<laughs> so I always wanted to. Go- oh no season. no no! It's a zombie show. It's zombie themed. Yeah, that's why I always wanted to go, but I couldn't ever, you know, get away on Good Saturday or whatever the fuck they call it. <laughs> Good Saturday. Whatever the fuck, what Easter Eve? I don't know what it's called. <laughs> My mom made me go to church, so I wasn't allowed to go see Rocky. <laughs> Easter Eve. Yeah, what's the Saturday? <laughs> what? What's the Saturday called? Good Saturday? Because there's Good Friday. Good Friday. There's n- it's not better Saturday. Saturday. No, it's adjective- best Sunday. <laughs> it's adjectiveless Saturday. I'm gonna it's think about it later, and my mom's gonna yell at me for not knowing her religion. <laughs> I don't know. All right, so so at some point we're gonna get off Rocky Horror and talk about comics, and what better time than now? The first. New comic that we're going to talk about is Extremists number two. And I was so very happy with this issue. We discussed the first issue and had a couple of gripes, but overall, I was pretty satisfied with it, except, you know, the art bothered me and the ongoing joke kind of fell flat. But this, this was a complete turnaround. This was an amazing issue. And the first thing I want to get out of the way is the art. It might just be me, but I feel like it looked like less of a mess. I feel like there were still a few panels that were... Jubilee's face was still a little off. Northstar's face in the one panel was definitely... But, like, Betsy looked great. The Blob has, has looked great in both issues. It just... I felt like it was less garbage. There was less garbage surrounding this art. Well, I never really had a problem with the art in the first place. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. I thought that it was fine. All right, so there's a cute opening with Bobby and Betsy, and he picks her up, and that was adorable. I thought it was really cute that he picked her up and carried her the entire way back to the office. And they're just sitting around, sitting around the office like it's fucking no big deal. Like, they're not supposed to go out and, like, be horny cops and catch people having sex and wiping their minds and shit. But then, uh, I think Blob mentions, yeah, he mentions a controlled purge? And then they're talking about the wildfires? And then you see them actually start the fires. So, I mean, like, obviously, you're supposed to put it together that, like, they're causing these problems for the X-Men to come and put out and, like, take care of so the X-Men can look like heroes. And nobody knows that, like, these guys are the ones who are causing it. It was crazy to just see them go out and do that and just act like it was no big deal. I did like, though, how they got all the animals out first and Betsy was like, I can nudge a stress response one way or the other. At least in organisms that actually have one. And Bobby goes, R.I.P. bees? And I got so fucking worried. Betsy was like, no, they're fine. Insects are especially sensitive to stress. Thank fucking God. Because I love bees. I don't know if I've shared that here before, but I'm going to share this piece of my personal life with you, the listener. I love bees. Little bees. Like bees within reason. Like, not super giant stabby bees. Those are wasps. You Listen, you have your own fancy terminology for them, and I'm just going to call them the big angry stabby bees. Okay. I like the cute little fuzzy bees. Yeah, the, the, little... bum, the bumblebees are the good bees. Yes, the, the wasps, bumbles. The wasps are the bad ones. Right. Those white Anglo-Saxon Protestants are the bad right. ones, is what Patty is saying. Yes. Just in case we weren't clear, Patty thinks that white Anglo-Saxon Protestants are bad. I yes, was about that's, to say that's white, true. I, was, I have. I'm not going to argue that. I was about to say white Anglo-Saxon prostitutes, but I don't know. Like, like, was this kind of a surprise to you? Because this was a surprise to me that they were the ones starting the fires. The whole thing with 
the controlled purge I was confused about. Because who are they purging? This is the purge. Purging the purging the forest of trees. That that doesn't <laughs> sounds like a purge though. When I think purge, I now I said it too much and it's lost all meaning. I I'll I don't say it for you the purge. You just say the p word. Yeah. Okay. Let's call so, it the controlled penis. How about there's another p word for you? <laughs> controlled penis. Yeah. No, I didn't think that they were the same thing. I thought that they were different things, and maybe there's a different purge going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll be upset if there's not a different purge. But yeah, you've got Blob, who is really adorable. Betsy wants to talk to him alone, and he literally says, well, gosh, is everything all right? Who says gosh? You know who says gosh? I feel like I've heard your mother say My gosh. My mom has said Your gosh. mom says gosh like daily. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's just crazy to me that Blob is saying gosh. But, like, obviously she's psychic, right? So she can sense his attraction toward her, and she's like... Listen, I'll I'll erase it. I'll erase it and I'll even put in this like little feeling of disgust so like, you know, this doesn't come back. And he gets upset and runs away and then he stops coming to work. And literally, I was all sad face over it. Look, I typed sad face. I typed sad face on the screen. Yeah, so he's gone and the paperwork is piling up, but then they get into a little bit of an argument in the office and Northstar is calling Moneta Bibit, which I looked up and it means bug. Oh. I didn't even think about looking that up. I was just like, all right, here are words I don't know. I'm going to skip them. (laughs) That's the way to go. Fuck them. Fuck it. Fuck it. You don't need communications and accounting. No, not at all. We don't communicate with anybody. (laughs) Yeah. So at the the opening, I called you my beautiful little bug. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like a a ladybug. You are a lady. Aw, yeah, look at you, lady. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, but so Northstar and Moneta get in a fight. And, like, she storms off, and so she's going to go take her anger out on Nozomi. And if it wasn't clear from the last issue, it's definitely clear this issue that as bad as, like, these people are, Mineta is the real villain here. Literally keeping Nozomi chained up in this, like, decrepit, fucking disgusting basement. There's, like, you know, crap all over the place. She's got, like, a sink and a bucket. You assume that's where she gets, like, her water and, like, goes to the bathroom. And it's, like, really gross. Then she's fucking pregnant, and Mineta slaps her. I was like, oh, my fucking God. This was absolutely awful. Um, yeah, and also when the blob was gone, they were just, like, sitting around the office, dicking around. And she was like, come on, we have to start doing stuff. This is our job. We have to, you know, take down those disgusting grades and stuff like that. Yeah. So she's, like, super hardcore into this. Yeah, but but then Nozomi immediately, like, as soon as Jubilee, like, apologizes for Mineta, Nozomi is like, you're worse. And Jubilee's like, what? And Nozomi is like, like, at least, like, I know, like, you know, like, she she's bad, but at least I know that, like, as opposed to you, who actually doesn't realize how terrible you are. And she's like, it's not like I'm torturing you. And she's like, you're not doing anything about it, and you're leaving me chained up. So, like, what the fuck? And she's 100% right. Like, just because, like, you're not exacting, like, all this terrible shit, like, you're turning a blind eye to it. She's like, I haven't, I didn't even know you were like this, and you didn't even think to ask, like... And Jubilee's like, well, you know, we don't have the resources or whatever. And she's like, you really don't have the resources for anything better than a decrepit basement? <laughs> yeah. That's leaking and, like, probably has mold, the like, for my baby... Mold for the baby. Molds for the baby. You don't want to give the baby any molds. Unless it's penicillin. <laughs> Penicillin's good. There's your there's your controlled pee. Right there. <laughs> and and you know, Mineta is like, well, rats are 
dirty and disgusting and whatever. And Nizumi's like, rats are so smart. Nizumi is a were-rat. Yes. That was so fucking rude. I know. Can you believe that? We had we had rats. We had pet rats, yes. They were very good. We Patty, missed them. It's been a while, I know. But when you say we had rats, you have to put the <laughs> word pet <laughs> You have to put the word pet in there. I learned that at work. I learned that when I was working at the tutoring center and I was like, We got rats and they're like, What? Yeah, no, we we voluntarily yes, brought purchased rats into the rats. Home. <laughs> And one of them was named Petra. After the Z-list X, X-Men character, because I had just read Deadly Genesis at the time. And the other one was named Lola. Yeah, Patty because named Lola. I named, I named her because I, when we went to PetSmart and I saw her the first time, I had that song stuck in my head that goes, Her name was Lola. She is a showgirl. Yeah. And I would, I would <laughs> sing it to her. <laughs> yeah, and their names 100% matched their personalities, which obviously we found out later. But yeah, Lola was basically just a cuddly little mush and fat. She she loved to eat. Yeah. And Petra was just a hardcore bitch. She was yeah. always in charge. And Petra is a Greek word for rock. So yeah, she was a hard bitch. She was in charge. <laughs> she was definitely the dominant rat. And she used to bathe me. She would just <laughs> lick my face and my ears and my hair and like all that kind of stuff. She's a good girl. She was, yeah, they were, they were both good. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, Betsy is concerned about Blob not showing up for work. So she goes to his house, and there's moths by the light. And look at that moth to light metaphor. Like, are you like that? Yeah. You oh, that's metaphor? a metaphor. Yeah, it's a metaphor. Oh. Like the forbidden fruit with the apple. Ah. Oh. So, uh, oh, it was, it was great. You know, Fred likes the books. He's got tea. He likes yeah. books and tea. That's and- like a high class. Yeah. It's like high society living right there. <laughs> yeah. When you got books and you got tea in your house, you know you made it. That's how you know you've hit it big. And then and then just these last few pages, like I was freaking out when I first read it because it was just like poetry. And I used to write poetry back in my emo high school days. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. You're such a bully, you know that? You're just that kind of person in high school. I can just tell. That picked on all the nerds, Patty. I can just tell. Literally, my group of friends was the gay nerds who nobody else wanted to be friends with. Yeah, uh, I was part of the metalhead group. Um, And there are other adjectives there, which I'm not going to get into. We didn't have any of those. I was the only metalhead. Uh, We had a bunch of metalheads. We had a bunch of metalheads. I was part of of the metalheads. But I was, you know, kind of closet emo because I was very sensitive. And uh, so I would go to the creative writing club and I would write poetry and shit like that. And I'm not trying to knock the writing here. And I'm I'm going to get to that. But like... I don't know what Blob expressed to her. I was like, you know, he's not trying to be a creep. He's like, listen, I'm not going to try to force anything on you, but it's just, like, painful to know that, like, we can't be together. And literally, in this world, you cannot be together. Like, he's just used to this pain that he feels. And then Betsy comes back with, like, this painful memory. What? I need to interject. Do you remember that song that was like, I'd rather feel pain than nothing at all? <laughs> what? I didn't. I didn't sing it well, but it was by Three Days Grace. I think it was called. Uh, I think it was called Pain. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Patty. <laughs> I was never into Three Days Grace. I was listening to Metallica and Marilyn Manson. I was and Slipknot. Okay. And Limp was... Biscuit. Ew. <laughs> I was. I was in middle school when that song came out, and I used to God. listen to that crap before I got into 
actual metal and not your child's metal that you listen to? Excuse me! Excuse me! Child metal! Excuse me! This is what we had, okay? In the mid to late 90s, this is what we had. Uh Uh-huh. Children of Bodom was around since the 90s. Okay. Just saying. Okay, well, whatever. Whatever. No, I'm I'm just kidding. I wasn't that really into Limp Bizkit, but the, I think their first album had some good songs on it. Anyway! I don't think I've ever heard a Limp Bizkit song. Patty, <laughs> do you not know how to do it all for the Nookie? Oh, wait, you played that song for me in the car once. Oh, thank God. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> you have to go through the Nookie before you get your real metal cred. Okay? <laughs> you have to suffer like the rest of us. Alright, anyway, fine. So... No, so Betsy comes back because she she's talking like at the beginning of the issue, she's talking about like how how like, you know, she can't even remember being held by her mother. So she brings it up again, but this time she's like, I can remember this terrible nightmare, you know, about like this graveyard, like lake or something, but I can't even remember being like held by my mother. And at this point she's literally crawling across the table and that final panel is so fucking steamy. Oh my god. I could not control my pee after reading this. I, I could you not. You peed all over. Yeah. So, I mean, like, nothing moves the blob? Nay. Betsy moves the blob. You know what I mean? Penis. <laughs> what? She moves his penis. Betsy moves the blob penis. Yes. It just rolls off the tongue. Yes. So, I don't know. What did you think about all this? Okay, so I'm glad that Betsy picked up on, like, reading his mind. And that, like, it wasn't something that he just came out and told her because that's weird. I don't know. I think, like, him not coming in to work for a few days because he was sad. I don't know. I thought that was just kind of lame. And I'm sorry. I'm just, (laughs) I'm just telling my truth. (laughs) I don't know. The whole thing, I didn't really get the story with the graveyard and having to, like, pull out the bodies. I don't know. It was it was weird. Because it was pain. I I get that, like, she's like, oh, yeah, I don't remember what it's like to be touched. And then, you know, she's just like, all right, I will settle for this guy then. Because at least he's into me. I don't know. <laughs> God. Um, first, I, I want to say this. Before, when I was, like, poetry and comparing it to myself, like, as a teenager, there wasn't, like, a knock at the writing. Because I really loved this. And I identified with it. Like, take it out of the context of the story. I really enjoyed this because it was like these two people who, in their memory, like, they cannot remember a time that they've been loved. And they're experiencing it for the first time. Typically, when do people experience that sort of feeling for the first time? It's when you're younger. So, like, I appreciated that. So that really spoke to me, and Leah Williams did a 100% perfect fucking job capturing that. But another thing that I I do want to say is as cute as some of this is, because these are characters we know, and some of these characters we like, and Blob is all of a sudden gone from this, like, gross, awful mutant to, like, this cute guy, is that this dude is leading. You know what I mean? He is the one in charge of all this. So as cute as he is... Picking berries and marvelous X-Men and as cute as he is being awkward with Betsy. Oh, oh, I found another metaphor. Like like Hitler, because they both have mustaches. (laughs) That's why they gave him a mustache. Yes, you're right. You're right. But I I feel like the blob is missing the little square that Hitler is. Well, they didn't want to make it too obvious. Right. So mustachioed men, 
are basically like Hitler. No, I'm not saying all mustachioed men. Hashtag, Hashtag not, not all men. mustachioed men. Damn it, yours is better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was that was good. All right. So so now so here's another thing. If we take the names and we put them together, I think what I've been seeing is is uh, for Bet- for Betsy and Blob is Blobsy. I like that. Yeah, no, that's and that's cute. That's that's great. But here's what I'm thinking: I'm taking Dukes plus Braddock, and I'm getting Dadocks, and that is one small step away from Dad Cox. Oh, I was gonna say buttocks, <laughs> but it's kind of like Dad buttocks. Or we can do buttocks and Dad Cox. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, buttocks and Dad Cox. That's the name of my band. <laughs> that's the name of my band. FYI. Uh, so next comic we're talking about is Next Gen number two, and it opens with Glob having just came all over Armor. Yep, that armor, was the thing that happened. She her, was all pink. Armor could not protect from all of his Globlets. <laughs> so so Glob lays it all out to Armor, which kind of confused me. Like, how could Nate not see this happening? Like, not think about any telepathic protection from anyone? Like... I don't know. It seems like Nate didn't do a great job with a lot of things because (laughs) there are people who can still remember like Bishop and Polaris. And then there are people who can still get like fragments of things. Are you saying that Nate Gray is less than a stellar godlike character? Yes. That's fucked up. (laughs) So it looks like Anal was getting unveiled. He had a little fucking, what's it called? Vial. Yeah. One of those little science vials. Science file. Yeah, science. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had a vial of unveil, and he left a note for himself about it. So I thought that that was interesting because you know when we find out that this has happened to him before, he's had his memory wiped before, so it was like a little reminder, like to himself. So I thought that that was really interesting. Anyway, it's like you know, Glob leaves it all out to armor, and it's like this is what's going on. Everybody thinks we've been here for years. We've only been here for months. People are disappearing. Nobody remembers them. And Armor is like, I don't know if I believe you. But then, you know, the clues start coming in. She sees the news, that house fire, the house was empty. Bling has no memory of the night before when the blob was, like, you know, holding her down. So it's uh, it's enough to cause some uh, some suspicion. And she she went and she talked to Glob and... Uh, and, uh, and the chickens were there, and that was cute. I really liked that little series of panels, and also Armor had to shave her head to get all the fucking globlets out. <laughs> so, but she looks cute. I love Armor. I but. wasn't crazy about her new hair look, but so I was a little confused about this because he said, okay, so it was like, I'm the only one who can remember, so I think it might have something to do with the wax. Yeah. But, okay, so she she was, she had the wax, whatever. But nobody tried erasing her memory, so she wouldn't have forgotten anyway, regardless of the wax. I feel like the wax was supposed to protect others from that conversation happening. What? When Glob was talking to Armor, when he was telling her, people have been disappearing and then nobody remembers it, and people think that we've been here for years, but we've maybe been here for months. I feel like it was to protect from any psychics like trying to like maybe listen in or something like that. But then they were talking about it later anyway. Yeah. By the chickens. So I don't understand what the wax was. Chicken power. I don't... Uh, it's the chicken I, power. I Listen, the chickens are named after three very powerful mutants, right? Yes. Scott, Logan, and Hope. No, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm stupid and I completely missed something. But, uh, but I feel like that that's what that was for. Maybe it was just... 
you know, when they're inside of the school, anybody else could have been listening in or sweeping like mines or something. But then when they were Mine out, sweeper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was also a thing in the 90s, along with new metal. Yes. Yeah, it was. But uh, so I don't know. So that's what I thought, too. I'm like, does the wax protect them? I'm, am I stupid? Like, that's literally what I'm writing because I thought I missed something. But we apparently get a little bit more of Hope's story that she used the life seed to give everyone powers. But then there's no mention of it in, like, the history books. So Rockslide goes to the library to look for information, and the librarian is Miss Blevins. It's Skids for some reason, and it's gonna, you know, like, pretends to go along with what Rockslide is talking about, but then notes it down, she's gonna go talk to the fucking dean, I'm like, Skids is a fucking narc, but she has worked for S.H.I.E.L.D., so that's the thing. Has she? She has. Uh, I think she appeared recently, too, still working for them. I could be wrong. Uh, it's in, what was in Tales of Suspense, a few issues of that. Oh, I don't read that. I don't read that either, because <laughs> I couldn't give a shit. But, uh, but I may. I may have to, because I know Skids was in there. Uh, we don't see enough of Skids. So, so then we cut to, you know, Anal took his fucking drugs, and he walked into the, this meeting place, and there's this mutant scripture writing stuff on the walls, and then it's Maggot and Match. And Transonic is purple for some reason. But earlier in the issue, Match was also purple. But here maybe, he's back to orange. Maybe. I think it was probably just the lighting. You know, like in JoJo's when they do that? And, like, they had scenes where it looks like, you know, Jotaro's hair was, like, purple or something. Exactly that. It's Yeah, it was just the lighting. Yeah. So they you... were sitting in front of, like, a little fire, <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah. You have the best anime explanations for yes. things. Absolutely. I was thinking maybe it was the purple haze, you know? Do you not get that? No. Oh, my God. You don't know Purple Haze by Jimi Hendrix. No. I don't like <laughs> or the instrumental. Deep purple? You don't like instrumental? Yeah. Yeah. It's boring when there are no words. Jimmy. Are Jimmy, there words? Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In fact, the, the, the song Purple Haze yeah. contains the lines, Purple Haze. <laughs> I thought that all of his songs were instrumental. That's what I heard. Am I thinking of somebody else? <laughs> wait. wait. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. That's Jimi Hendrix. Oh, my God. Is he dead? He is very dead. He died okay. a very, very long time ago. All right, ago, he died in 1970. Age. That's yeah. sad. <laughs> wow, you just introduced me to somebody, and then I found out he's dead. So, you know what? <laughs> We're listening to nothing but Limp Bizkit. Oh! Next time we go away. I swear to God. So, okay, so I guess this sort of makes sense. You know, Apocalypse uses this mutant Unveil to connect him to his little group. So, like, you know, this group of students is using Unveil the same way. So then we find out what that building was that got burned down. It was their place of quote-unquote worship, is what Maggot says. And he's like... He's like fucking revolutionary maggot. Oh, I love him. He's like the radicalist. And he's saying like, <laughs> fuck all this kumbaya shit that the uh, fucking extracts are doing. We're going to fucking set the library on fire. Well, I don't... He's or explode it. It yeah. sounded like explode. <laughs> yeah, it sounded... It was an explodey sort of speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just a fiery sort of speech. It was a more Yeah, explode-y. he's like, let's become martyrs. And I'm like, fuck yeah, maggot. maggot. Got eeny, meeny, and explodey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah good so so what i think is really interesting about this book is that there is no like there's no punches being thrown you know what i mean there's still there's gonna be there's there's conflict there's tension there's drama there's like all this kind of stuff and it's just really interesting because it's really interesting because like the characters are just talking 
You know, we're getting, like, more in-depth characterization and seeing the plot sort of unfold that way as opposed to just people throwing punches and shooting beams and shooting guns. and That's more interesting. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I really I really like this issue. I don't know. I think Ed Brisson is doing a, a pretty good job with this. I'm happy to see Maggot in there. I'm ready to see Maggot kick some ass and take some names. <laughs> That's, That's what I'm excited for. Fuck it. it. I, I mean, I always thought Maggot was a stupid character, but, like, I love Jesus him in this. Jesus Christ. Why do you hate my childhood, Patty? Why do you it hate everything about my childhood? such a stupid character. Why was he stupid? He was not stupid. Because his power is that he has two big maggots. And Marrow's power is she's got too many bones. <laughs> but you like Marrow, but you don't like Maggot. It's not that she has too many bones. She's got... Tell me... Look at that woman and tell me she does not have too many but bones, that's Patricia. Her, that's not her power. Okay. Yeah, but like on the flip side of this, so we've got next gen with like very little action, but still like well developing characters, situations and whatever. Then we get Ed Brisson and got his bris on. We got X Force. You know what a bris is, right? Yes, I made that joke before. You did? Yes. <laughs> About Ed getting his bris on? Yes. <laughs> I don't remember this. Where the fuck was I? I was like, yeah, bris on. Get we are bris on. We are literally never ever gonna get like a fucking Marvel guest on this show. <laughs> Seriously? We need to stop making fun of their names. <laughs> but some of them are so funny. Now listen, to be fair. No, I'm not going to give out my real last name. But if you people saw my last name the way that it's spelled, you would be laughing at me. So I just want everybody to... I want to be clear that this isn't a jab at Ed... Like a personal jab at Ed Brisson because I suffer from bad last name. I would argue that I suffer from worst last name no. than Brisson. Yes. No. My entire life. My entire life. How, how it's been. You got off and I'm not going to give out Patty's. I'm not going to dox Patty live on air. But Patty has the cutest I do not. Last name. I always made fun of it a lot. When I was little. But then you grew up, and it's the cutest. No. Yeah. I want to, I wanna like, combine our last names, though, instead of, like, me taking his. And, and then, so that he takes it, too. <clears throat> so that it's it's more equal. Dadcocks. Dadcocks. We're not going to go with Dadcocks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so fine. Anyway, getting back to the Brisson. Uh, Brisson, Briss off. So, <laughs> we, get, uh, we get X-Force number five. And, all right, so, so, Warpath. So what what the fuck? I'm so mad, so stupid. Stop doing this. Stop doing this. I, I don't think at this point it's going to be dragged out. I think he's going to be okay. But that was just, I was so mad after that. He's um, going to be fine. He's got healing. <laughs> and flight. And that's flight. A, that's the thing. He flies and heals. That's what Warpath is known and, for And invulnerable. That's why, yeah, invulnerable. He's got invulnerable. Right. He's got invulnerable flight heal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and cannonball was and was frequent flyer miles <laughs> cannonball was carrying him and so he's nigh invulnerable know, when he's blasting exactly <laughs> they used to say that in every fucking issue of new mutant so you know that that's already embedded into your mind where path can't get farther hurt when he's getting carried by cannonball yeah we've we've established this many many years ago <laughs> So, so in the present day, Strife is there with the team, and they tracked Dayspring to the present. So we get a flashback to 2,000 years in the future, and 
And Dayspring has a team with names like Tetherblood and Flint Shard and Bava and Spheris and Guava and T-Pain and T-Piss and Chatty Buns. <laughs> I feel like they just took like a random name generator and just, just that's how they selected these names because they're all fucking stupid. Except, dad Cox. Yes, Dad Cox. <laughs> like, they were like calling out each other's names and they were like, oh, did you see this guy? Hairpy. Did, did you see hair pee? And they're like, no. And I'm like, which one was hair pee? We Ass just, mouth. We just, we just get introduced to them. Like Smash Mouth's cousin, Ass Mouth. <laughs> we just got introduced to them like two panels ago. I don't know their names yet. I don't know which one is missing. Who cares? I don't care about these characters. And they kept like merging. And then there was some random girl who came out of nowhere. But she didn't i don't know it was confusing and then do you she... think when a sphere is that a sphere is <laughs> a sphere is what just no, no 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 patty just a sphere is yes these are the kind of things that you think about when you listen to purple haze by Jimi hendrix <laughs> just a sphere is it's very philosophical <laughs> So, yeah, this girl just came out of nowhere and she knew like everything about Cable and like they were teammates. Yeah, her name was Dorna. Dorna. Short for doorknob. <laughs> no, it's like it's like Lorna Dane, but it's just Dorna Lane. Dorna Lane. Dorna Lane. <laughs> so, I thought that was stupid, but yeah, really? she's like she's like I'm from whatever i don't know she knew all no of them. she didn't yeah but she didn't know why yet and she didn't know why they didn't know her and nobody knew where she came from and right. then this old mushroom head guy cotton eye, joe <laughs> he was on the team too you, you may have missed him cotton eye <laughs> oh cotton eye he was besties with tether blood the, <laughs> the mushroom head guy he told them they're like oh you're... here's another band reference mushroom, mushroom head. head yeah mushroom head his name's Blacksmith. So this, he knew that this girl came from a different reality and that if he had made one different decision, she would have been on the team as well. And they had, he had teammates who were like fusing together and then disappearing. That was and crazy. That was so cool. I, okay, so, so I didn't, I want to, I want to get on the art right now. Like I didn't mind this guest artist. We've talked at length about the regular artist, but this guest artist was Okay. But I really thought it was interesting when you would see them sort of like fuse together and like stretch before they disappear. Yeah, that was that was really cool. I'm not the only one who got turned on by that, right? <laughs> I mean, you guys, seriously? All right. No, that was pretty hot. Yeah. So yeah, then uh, this guy's like, "Oh, you need to you need to get the fuck out of here and kill kill yourself because he's not doing his job, and this is what happens if the O5 stay. Yeah. Because Iceman's gonna die or whatever. And yeah. So he's like, God damn my fucking old self and yep. now and now my, my lady friend uh you <laughs> Aaliyah, Aaliyah. Yeah, code Aaliyah, right, Aaliyah, code name Lady Friend. <laughs> and, Her name was Aaliyah. Okay, fine, whatever. Yeah, I know. I mean she you know that's that's that is. That's Day Springs Lady Friend. Day Spring and Lady Friend. Uh yeah. And he's she's also baby mama. So right. she has a she has a bunch of different names. But it was just fucked up, you know? I mean, she appeared in Cable number 1 in the 90s, and she died immediately, and she's in this issue, and boom, dies. Boom, dies. Boom, dies. Yeah, boom, dies. So along there's, with Spheris. There's really no <laughs> characterization of this lady. She's just dead, and then he's like, body slide by one. And 
So he he day springs into action. I know you made that joke. Day I stole springs. It. See, look how ev- this is how everybody gets their names. Yes, you, they all have to have the two words in it. They, except except apparently guava. 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 But that's like bava. a that's a fruit. <laughs> bava. It was, it was bava. Yeah, it's like almost like bovine. I was thinking like Java. Java. Yeah. Yeah. Black Java. But, yeah. Okay. Black Java all makes right. bava. Yeah. Now we see how this works. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just pick two words, okay? See, uh... That's what we're uh, doing. That's how we got lady friends. Uh, monster pen. Hair pee. That's how we got hair pee. <laughs> you remember hair pee? Belt cat. Belt cat. No, don't belt the cat. That's cat, fucked up. Cat belts. <laughs> we're just look at... Yeah, just, let's just look around the room and look, and look at things. Look at things. Lamp knob. <laughs> <laughs> Lamp knob and wire box. Yes. No, wire box sounds like something that Life will come up with. So that's good. That's a good one. That's a good one. I know. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, so this issue was okay, but I what I really did appreciate is how this kind of tied this all together. Uh, we already have heard from Cable that like, listen, if if I didn't do what I did and kill Old Man Cable, people I knew were gonna die. Things were gonna go wrong. And so now we got to see it. We actually got a visual account of this happening. So I really appreciated it. As much as some of this issue was ridiculous, how it kind of sucked, you know, Aaliyah's there and she's dead. These fucking people with their names. This guy with his mushroom head. And, um, you know, the art was was alright, I guess. I just, I feel like I want to like x-force this volume more than i am this issue sucked the mean words you join your day spring with your mean words it was such a filler issue and i did not care about any of this i was like well let's get back to the mission like the entire issue almost was this bullshit and i was like i literally don't care about this like put this in a point one or something like they stopped doing their point one initiative years ago patricia well it's it's a waste of time honestly and i thought that this issue was just Meh. Yeah. No, I mean I, I can't I can't blame you. Like I said, I, I'm I keep feeling like I want to like this series more than I actually am. Because, you know, this is why I wanted to talk about next gen and then this back to back, because it's Ed Brisson writing both. I think he's a pretty good writer. I mean he's done some really cool stuff. I feel like, you know, next gen has almost like no serious intense action and X Force is nothing but that serious intense action. When there are these characters who we've known forever, and for me, it's like one of my favorite teams, and I'm just not seeing the that dynamic between these characters that I want to see. So this issue sort of took away from having that opportunity even more. Even though I'm happy, sort of, that we got a visual account of Kid Cable's whole reasoning for doing what he did. Still, I still have complaints, because I'm going to whine. Yeah, no, I, I don't like this series. I don't think it's very good. So upset. Yeah, so, oh well. So hopefully it gets better. But uh, anyway, next we're going to talk about Mr. and Mrs. X number nine. And Gambit has a fetch quest for Spiral. So that's cute. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Uh, Uh. You're a mean girl. Thank you. I love Oscar Basil Dua's art. I really, really do. There are all these gorgeous shots of Gambit jumping around. Because who doesn't want to see Gambit jumping around on rooftops? But apparently the fetch quest has to do with a six-armed baby? Which is that either is... Does Spiral have a kid? Or maybe this is somehow Baby Spiral? Tell me. I was confused because... Lay it on me. 
Spiral didn't even know what this thing to steal was. She was confused that it was a baby. Was she? Yes. I don't even remember that. Okay. So yeah, so that was a little a little confusing. Uh, what I have to say though is I I love the art, and I love I love seeing some of these like callbacks to say like Rogue with Miss Marvel and Cody, which we've seen a million fucking times, and her talking Cody. about like <laughs> her talking about like the Hecatomb and like that kind of shit. But I already, I just, I cannot wait until this arc is over and like we still have another issue. I, I don't know. I just feel like this is the first issue of this arc with, you know, Longshot showing up at the end, like, ha fun, funny, bleh. But like, and this is all just leading towards Rogue talking to herself and like, oh, the whole reason why your power's out of control is because of your fear. So it's like a big learning moment, you know, like, oh, you've got to overcome and conquer your fear. Everybody has fears. It can paralyze us, but you got to confront it every day. And, you know, like, listen, I'm not trying to knock Kelly Thompson as a writer because she does some really good stuff that I really enjoy. And I've been enjoying this series. This, this arc hasn't been doing it for me. And this explanation about rogue's fear, cheesy, this this whole message about the fear was just really like heavy handed. It was like really on the nose, really, uh, in the pink and in the stink. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, all this flashbacks were to show, that you know when she was doing these things it, she was afraid and then that's and that even when her powers got suppressed or fixed or whatever yeah she was still afraid and that's what caused them back. to break fear comes back so don't fear the reaper <laughs> i know that one so <laughs> then she realizes oh hey i can control my power so finally we get this back and now she she just again. yeah again and she kissed gambit and yeah sparrow was like you're kissing again and she was like sparrow was fighting and there were like a bunch of enemies there and they were just like making out yeah sparrow was trying to help i, I wonder I, I wonder if uh i was wondering that this morning because i read this this morning yeah what would you think if cyclops could control his optic beam that's happened before yeah it's happened before and then it's gone away but it's, like, always a thing, you know what I mean? Like, he's he's another character. It hasn't happened as, I feel like, with, like, Rogues has. Although I feel like this is only maybe the second time? Third. Is this the third? Whatever, that she's been able to control it. Another writer will come along and just fucking undo it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, I mean, I feel like it's part of... If they of- do it, it's going to be the whole back and forth thing with Angel and Archangel. Like, just pick one. Yeah, another writer will come along and undo it because I feel like it's part of what's inherent... To the character, you know, Rogue not being able to control it. It's not just about fear, it's, it gives the character a little bit more depth. Same thing with Cyclops, not being able to control his optic blasts, it gives that character more depth. Makes Don't say... I, I, again, I fucking love the art. So even seeing those flashbacks, which we've seen a million times before, was cool just seeing it in this style. But yeah, this arc is not doing it uh, for me. I cannot wait until it's over. We can move on to something a little bit better. What I loved the fucking most out of this entire issue is when Gambit went to go steal the baby. There are all these, you know, citizens around that are afraid of the spineless ones. And one of them is named Job. J-O-B-E. That is how you fucking spell Job. Don't. You tell me that in the Bible that J-O-B is Job because that is job. That is fucking Bible job, okay? Bible job. That is Bible job. 
This is Job. Okay. This no, is... I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. First of all, I think that's the stupidest fucking name I've ever heard. Second... What Job? Yes. There's nothing wrong with the name Job. What's a, what po- point to the wrong? It's point... stupid. I'm looking at. The... It's not which, a name. Which one of the the J, the O, the B, the E? All of it together. Which... <laughs> it looks like it looks like Kobe, but it's Joby. It's Joby Bryant. It's Joby Bryant. You. It's it's fucking. It's Kobe Bryant's. Uh, unpopular brother, Joby. <laughs> Joby. Yeah, he's the black sheep of the family. Uh, Kobe Bryant, big famous basketball player. Joby Bryant works at the McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> he can't even make it to shift manager. That's how. <laughs> that's how shitty Joby Bryant is. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. There was a new season what? of Arrested Development on that I need to how watch. How do you get from Joby Bryant to Arrested <laughs> Development? Because Little there's a fact. character named Job. Little known fact, Joby Bryant's favorite <laughs> show, Arrested Development. Maybe if you spent less time with Arrested Development, Joby, <laughs> you'd be successful like your brother Kobe. <laughs> Wait a second. There's a character on Arrested Development. Oh! Not named Joby, but named jo- Job. God, I watched a little bit of that show and like in its first season. Michael Cera was on that, wasn't he? Yes. George Michael. I always thought that was stupid. Tell me you also don't know who George Michael is. I have heard of his we're gonna, work. We're going to tie this all together right now. You ready? <laughs> so George Michael, George Michael has this song called Faith. Guess who covered that song and made it popular again? Brittany. L- <laughs> you. This is Limp Biscuit. Wait, is that the song? You gotta have faith. No, what are you talking about? <laughs> Why would you think that song? Why would you think that song is called Faith? Yes, that's the song, Patty. Don't knock over the microphone. No. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm sorry. Like, I I could see how people would like Mr. and Mrs. X number nine. I could see how people would like this. What? I gotta get off Joby and back to comic book somehow, Patty. You might as well take a leap. Something Joby never does. Never takes that leap of faith. Let's take a day spring. <laughs> So, so I could see how people would like it. And it's not terrible, but it's just not doing it. And I want to move on to something else already. So next up, we're going to be talking about Uncanny X-Men number 14. But before we get there, speaking of Gambit, this was all a very funny, funny series of events right here. Right? So I was just trying to be funny talking about the Mutant Liberation Front. And I was like, we got the MLF. How do we make that the M-I-L-F and make it work? Because that's that's our brand of humor. And Sean on Twitter came up with the Mutant Insect Liberation Front. And because bees need homes too. And he got the bee emoji. Bringing it all back to the bees because I love the bees. Right? So last weekend, we're standing outside of Patty's house. And see what I think is a fly like next to me. And then all of a sudden, I look down and it's landed on me. And it's a bee. It's a bee that's landed on my X-Men hoodie. And that bee landed on Gambit. And that was fantastic. B for Gambit. B for Gambit? It wasn't just B for Gambit. So Eric on Twitter called him Remy Le B. I love it. I love it too. That B was thirsty for some honey. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that that was great because I love bees. So shout outs to you guys. Also, shout outs to Karen on Twitter because I'm calling Uncanny X-Men number 14 Slim Jim Slam Jam. I love it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So I thought I thought that this was a great issue. Like immediately we we get some throwbacks to Val Cooper and Reaper, right? 
Uh, I remember them. Yeah. They're characters. Those are characters. Those are characters with names. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't know. Scott and Logan are just going to Val Cooper, you know, just to try to fucking work some deal out with her. Like, hey, listen, if you help us, we'll help you. You scratch her back, we'll scratch yours. Uh, yeah. The funny thing about my back is it's located on my penis. <laughs> that's that's from super bad. <laughs> I do not remember that, but that is fantastic. So, so yeah, so Val Cooper working for the State Department, and I'm like, what kind of stuff would Val get for the X-Men, and what would she then use them for, uh, returning the favor? So, I don't know, you find out later in the issue, but I thought that this was interesting. I actually thought that Madrox was a little scary fighting Reaper, because Madrox don't fear the Reaper. Huh? You're I like, I brought it. that back? Yeah, you brought, yeah it, you, you, you brought it on back. You, you know that song, beep, but... Beep, beep, I grew up in a weird household. <laughs> You're... We listened exclusively. Oh, that's to very true. I didn't even think about that. Abba and Sticks. <laughs> Abba and Sticks. Yes, what those the... are my mom's two favorite bands. <laughs> Sticks was my mom's favorite band, and the only concert that she ever went to was Devo. It was oh, the you only told me band that. she ever that saw was a concert. Dope! Oh my god, I missed out on prime Devo time. <laughs> Jesus fuck! Oh man! All right. So anyway, so apparently Reaper declined to join the MLF, but Hope gave him a burner phone. Yeah, that was like, what? Well, because... I couldn't, I couldn't do it, I'm sorry. Say what? Okay, yeah, use yours. <laughs> no, but we saw this, I think, at the end of the previous issue. Like on television, what? Forearm was with Banshee and Hope. And it's like, what the fuck? And then there was just this mention I don't remember here. That. Yeah, it's it's weird. So like Hope is leading the MLF. So yeah, so the X-Men take Reaper prisoner. Dark Beast is like sort of a prisoner too, sort of working with them. I thought this was this was great. There's this one panel where he and Logan are just like face to face with each other and he's like, Oh Logan, how I love being teammates with you. I could banter with you for days and days. And Logan goes, On one of those days I'm gonna be done bantering, and I immediately thought of you and said, Now kiss. Yes. They were just like facing each other and I could feel the sexual tension jumping off the page right at me. And I'm like, is this how Patty feels all the fucking time? Yes. When she's reading comic books or watching anime? Yes. So, so, so then, you know, Dark Beast is going to tip him off to the Marauders. And I was so mad here. I was so mad. Scrambler is there. I was really fucking hoping that he wouldn't like rejoin the Marauders. But again, you leave, you know, in the hands of like another writer they're going to fucking do this and bring things back to the way that they were. But I like how Scott later mentioned it, like Scrambler was reformed. That was like one of like our first episodes where we discussed uh, Deadpool v. Gambit and uh, Scrambler had reformed. And he had like a lady friend who had a daughter. And he was trying not to be part of like the villainous life with the Marauders. It was fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah, he hasn't appeared in the past couple of years. And so now, whoop, fucking villain again. Whoop, whoop yeah, exactly how it happens. Yeah, because I guess the Marauders fucking did another mutant massacre uh, and killed a bunch of the fucking Morlocks. So yeah, Chamber comes out and is like, you know, you know, you're a day late, a couple hundred quid short, and that's British currency because I know a thing. <laughs> and uh, so this is Val's favor, right? Scott wants to help the Morlocks. Chamber is in charge of the Morlocks. Scott wants to help. So they go to fucking Chernia. They fucking take out some of these fascist rebel forces and... You know, he's like, here, Chamber, this is Morlock land now. You're safe, so fucking there you go. 
And then at the end of the issue, they're all hanging out in the bar. It's like cheers and everybody's happy. And then knock, knock, Steve Rogers shows up. And I really hope that get out of my bar is the new get the hell off my island. But I guess we'll see what happens. Did he say that this issue? No, he didn't say that. I said that in my head. Oh, okay. So I, for the most part, like this issue. I've had some complaints about LaRocca's art. But other than that, it was pretty good because... I feel like each one of these is kind of like almost a self-contained sort of issue, sort of, but still having this undertone of a cohesive story going forward. It doesn't feel disjointed when it could, and I'm probably not verbalizing this very well, but I hope I'm somehow conveying that, like, it's <laughs> it's good. They've got good supporting characters, you know, good villains popping in. It's really interesting, but I have to fucking complain that There is no fucking mention of Strong Guy. Not even a hint of that. What the fuck is going on? You've had the downtime to mention that. Or even have him pop up and be like, oh, he's not really dead. But they don't know that yet. But just no addressing Strong Guy at all. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. Jesus! Jesus! (laughs) No, I mean, I still think that he's okay. At least I hope. Uh Uh-huh. I love him. Right. Uh, Those are my thoughts. I'm glad that Chamber joined the team. Good for you. Chamber joined the team. Chamber joined the team. <laughs> Don't make fun of me. Um, so now Callisto is going to be leading the Morlocks again. So good for her. Mm-hmm. And Magic was scaring the dudes. So that was that was all good. Those are all things that I liked in this issue. <laughs> I like this. I like where it's going. I like Scott's messy hair. I like Scott's facial hair. A friend, Carlos, said that he doesn't like Scott's messy hair, and there are reasons, and that's fine. But I do like the facial hair. I want, I want him to grow it out. I want him, I want him to be, to be super beardy, and I think that would be dope. So, so those are my thoughts. Okay. On the beard. So, were you also ready to go on the war path if James had died? If Hope Summers was a mom, would she be the MLF MILF? Stick around on this lovely spring day, day spring, because we'll be right back after a quick commercial break. Are you a geek who's looking to expand her or his geekery? Got geeky questions that need answers? If there's a mid guard, does that mean that there's a top guard and a bottom guard? Well, you are in luck, my friend. Geekade.com is a website dedicated to so many different geeky topics. Oh my god. Asgard is bottom guard. From video games and comics to wrestling and horrors to tabletop and transformers, Geekade.com has everything you need to deepen or broaden your geeky horizons. So if Thor is an Asgardian, then scientifically he is a top. Confirmed Thor tops. Check out Geekade.com today. Hey, we here at Mutant Musings headquarters have a special announcement to make. We've decided to do a summer series of special episodes. What? July, August, and September will each have one bonus episode, and each one of those bonus episodes is going to focus on an X-Men cartoon, including the Pride of the X-Men pilot. That pilot is a Wolverine with an Australian accent masterpiece. Stay tuned, folks, because on our next new episode, we're going to announce more details, and also how you are going to help us. Yay! Okay, so now for some news-ish. The New Mutants! So it allegedly still has an August release date, but there's there's a rumor going around now that that may not happen, the streaming may not happen, 
apparently nobody knows because Maisie Williams was interviewed uh, recently. And this comes from an interview with Rolling Stone that she doesn't mince words on this situation. She said, when asked about New Mutants, who knows when the fuck that's going to come out? There were supposed to be reshoots to make it scarier, but they haven't actually taken place. She says that she saw one of her co-stars, Charlie Heaton, the other day and asked him what the fuck is going on with this movie and he doesn't know either. Hopefully this interview will make everyone hurry up a little bit. So that really kind of sucks. We had heard about that a while ago, that there were supposed to be reshoots for it. And so allegedly it never happens. I did read something recently, though, that, you know, Marvel is considering the Fox films that were, you know, kind of in limbo, (laughs) like Gambit. I don't know if New Mutants is one of them. I don't know what's going to happen, but honestly, I just want this fucking movie to come out. I don't care if it's streaming. Like, like, I've said for a while that I want this is something I want to see on the big screen. I don't care if it's fucking streaming and I watch it on the computer. I just, I want to see this movie, even if it's not good. I just... Oh my god, it's been, like, what, two, three years since I'm, like, hyped to see New Mutants on fucking big screen? I just want to see it. Yeah, I don't know. I had, like, very little hopes when they changed the date on this. Not once, but I think they did it twice. Yeah. I was like, this is not happening. This is going to be Gambit. And, I mean, look at what happens. I mean, when she said that, I was like, are you fucking kidding me with this shit? So, honestly, I don't know what they're going to do with that footage because they have it. Give it to me. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, like, why would they just, like, completely scrap it? I mean, they already have all of these expenses. You might, I mean, you're better off trying to at least get some of that back by, you know, releasing it. I don't know. But maybe maybe Marvel's movie reputation is more important than recouping the losses on this, so I don't know. I haven't thought too deep about it. I'm just fucking thinking, give me. <laughs> just maybe somebody... Some, you know, fucking spurned former employee or something just fucking uploads it. Yeah, just leak it. Yeah, just leak it. Leak all over the place. Just give me that leak. Give me that leak, baby. Yeah, I think it happened with the uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. There was, like, a, an unfinished cut that was put out on the internet. And then they were, like, you know, fucking panic mode trying to take it down. But there were, like, unfinished graphics and whatever. Not that the special effects in that movie looked finished anyway, but, yeah, so so that happened. So maybe it'll happen with this. Who the fuck knows? Um, but I want to see it. All right, so moving on. The next piece of news. Major X gets a second printing before the first printing even comes out, that illustrating seems... the power of Rob Liefeld. That seems like such a huge mistake. Why? You know the problems that... Uh, okay, well, so this is obviously going through Marvel, but you know the problems that Image was having at first, right? And, like, when they did their solo stuff and when they teamed up with other uh, competing books and stuff, that Image was notorious for being late. And Rob Liefeld was, like, you know, late. Or would just not do the work. And it ended up costing comic book shops a lot of money because they had to, you know, do the pre-orders. Yeah. Also, yes, this is an unmasked variant. So <laughs> either Look at that beautiful face. Either Liefeld is and and I don't I don't think it's this option. Either Liefeld is just so bad at drawing that we can't recognize this character no. or it's a completely new character. He looks like a I don't know, he looks sort of like Cable. Yeah, well all of his characters look like Cable. Everybody <laughs> 
Everybody gets the same face. This looks like <laughs> Cable if he was merged with Storm because he's got the white hair. Cable and Bishop. And oh, okay. I see. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cable and Bishop had a love child and this is it. Major yeah. X. There you go. But look how small that gun is. He that learned. is that is a small gun. Right. So, so Liefeld has learned. I, I, apparently Liefeld gets a draw. Liefeld makes sales, I guess. People are hyped for this. This is so ugly. I can't even. And, and I just want to make it clear. My hype is ironic. I'm not expecting. <laughs> I'm not expecting to buy this and read it and think, "Oh my god, this is a fucking masterpiece." But like, I just, I, I'm just so excited for how ridiculous this is going to be. So maybe I'm part of the problem. I mean, I'm not going to pay for it. That's fine. You can read mine. I don't. Oh God, I can't with him. Uh, the other, the other thing that we saw that was released that had Beast on it. With cable and everything, with yeah. too many teeth. Oh my god, Th- that was just so bad with the floating heads all over the place. I'm like, yo, like, are there really? There must be some artist out there who is at least better than this who can't find a job. Like, uh, come on. Yeah, hire Joby Bryant. <laughs> Joby Bryant hates his job, and it's going nowhere. Also, look at those fucking thighs. What's That's wrong with not. Thighs? They're so thick? large they're disproportional what is wrong with thick thighs they're not proportional but whatever <laughs> whatever it, it is what it is this is a thing that's happening and we cannot do anything in our power to stop it they are unfortunately they are extra thick <laughs> all right so next piece of news is kind of something that stinks we got some details about an x-men green that did not happen but was pitched Declan Shalvey pitched this. He said that he pitched it to an editor at Marvel, He that he got a surprise but a positive reaction. It bounced around for a little while. He tried to pitch it again. Uh, it wasn't originally called X-Men Green, but with blue, gold, and red around the time, he called it green to fit in with it. But eventually they, they just realized they couldn't make it work with the plans that they had. But uh, the pitch was that Sean Cassidy is back from the dead, Completely and suspiciously healed from his experience with the Death Seed, he has retired to his ancestral home of Cassidy Keep, wanting to be left alone, but old ties keep pulling him back to the world. Sean, reunited with his daughter, Teresa, decides to make his home a sanctuary for troubled mutants. A quiet place, a safe space so they can learn to deal with their powers, blah, blah, blah. And so, like, Gen X. Sort of. And what was amazing about this was, you know, he did the character sketches, but, oh, they were great. Yeah, and it was going to be Banshee, Siren, Chamber, Marrow, Artie, and Leech. And he's also said like a host of new mutants and a mysterious threat. And that cast was amazing. They were going to bring us Siren back somehow. And I'm just so fucking set that this did not happen. I mean, it would have been also cool to see Polaris on this team if it was going to be called X-Men Green. You get it? the green hair. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, okay, so like... I feel like Marvel can't keep any of its books running for Ooh. very long. Yeah, that's why they Shots got Shots Rob- fired. That's why they got Rob Liefeld. No, like, even, even, okay, I know that they keep, like, renumbering things, but, like, Uncanny, like, got, you know, canceled so many times. And then there was Astonishing, that got canceled. And then, you know, whatever. There were a whole bunch of them. I know that they got canceled mostly because of this event, but even before that, it seemed like every book that was like, oh, it's going to be an ongoing, like, what the fuck is it called? Exiles. That was a hot piece of shit. Damn. And <laughs> that got canceled. I don't know. So I feel like if they did this, 
like Gen who X? cares? Yeah, yeah Gen, Gen X. Generation yeah. X. The and, one, yeah. Um, like if they did this, who cares? Because it was probably going to get canceled after 10 issues. Yeah. No, it probably would have. I feel like a lot of it is part of the plan with them. But yeah, you're right. There are there are a few books that are like that were likely intended to go on longer than they than they did. Um, and it's due to poor sales. That's and a, like, what's the last X Men series that we've had that's lasted over 50 issues? That is a good question. At the same time, though, when they when they restart these series, when they put out number ones, those sell. I know, and, but it's like you can't get invested in any team or any writer or anything because it's going to change. So don't. And it's it's like you so have to become frustrating. A, whole, a cold hard person, close yourself off in the world. I just feel like the current state of comics is just kind of like I don't know subpar with that because like. You used to have teams like X Factor and, you know, you would have this whole team dynamic going on and, you know, there would be like 200 issues or whatever and you got to keep seeing that. And now, like, they'll have a team for like a month and then it'll change or the writer will change or the artist will change. So it's like, who cares? I don't know. Yeah. Fuck comic books. Fuck comic books. Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I get what you're saying and and I get the frustration too. At the same time, I I don't know. I just, I kind of like to just go on this ride. I could... Yeah. uh, (laughs) I don't know. I do. I get excited for these things, even if, like, ultimately the payoff isn't amazing. Sometimes it's it's the ride that's fun. Like, Age of X-Men right now. Like, at the end of this, we could be like, you know, oh, what the fuck? This is stupid. This... This ultimately concluded like garbage, but some of it is fun, like Extremists, like Next Gen, like Prisoner X, you know? So I kind of just try to take the ride for what it is. You know, I stated after we talked about Uncanny Number 11, I'm like, oh my god, this is like one of the fucking best comic books I've ever read. Uh, A couple of years from now, I could be like, nah, well, whatever, it was okay. But at the time, it's like they just had such a huge impact at the time that it's happening that I don't know. Uh, I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense. Uh, I definitely get your perspective on it, and I can't disagree. I'm just, you know, trying to just go along for the ride. And the last piece of news is Jonathan Hickman on the X-Men. So Ooh. this was teased for a bit, and then finally came the reveal that there are going to be these two uh, series, House of X and Powers of X. Editor-in-Chief C.B. Sabolsky said, We're excited to have John back with the Marvel family. We could not have asked for a better creative team to help usher the X-Men into a whole new era. We can't reveal too much about the story just yet. These news stories will redefine the X-Men and their place in the Marvel Universe. Historic moment for both new and passionate fans won't want to miss. Mark Brooks did the promotional image. Pepe Larraz, he was an amazing artist, is going to be doing House of X. And R.B. Silva, also an amazing artist, is going to be on Powers of X. Yeah, again, not too much information, which obviously we're going to be getting when the solicits start coming out for it. So this was nothing more than a tease. But it was a really interesting promotional image because it had tons of fucking X-Men on it. Even one of the first ones I noticed was Thunderbird. I was like, oh my fucking god, yes. Bring that boy back. Yeah, I mean, it's been a very long time. Yeah, yeah. Um... Two and a half issues he had. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm excited about this. Uh, all the characters. I thought that was interesting that there were two genes and two Wolverines. I don't know if there was anybody else that had two of. And then it looked like there was a baby Storm and like baby I don't Havoc. Know. Yeah, baby, baby Havoc, Havoc. Yeah. So I have no idea what this is gonna be. It's gonna be just like a complete mashup of like greatest hits. Like I don't know. It's 
like they have to like relive it in some kind of like mojo simulation. <laughs> That's what I thought. That is going to be Jonathan Hickman's huge contribution to the X-Men. It's going to be fucking Mojo World. It's going to yes. be a big Mojo World story. No, I don't I don't know. I think that was just to kind of illustrate like oh, this is like everything that the X-Men have done or have been. You know what I mean? All in like one image. How do you convey that? By putting all these characters in this way together. Yeah, because somebody mentioned, like, why the fuck are the X-Babies there? And I'm like, yeah, this is what I think. That it, this doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot. It's just to, you know, be like, to commemorate this momentous occasion. And it was a do- dope image. Mark Brooks is a fucking amazing artist. Uh, but there was this one curious thing that people were wondering about. was like this this mashup of characters that look like Magic and Colossus. And I thought, for me, listen, the only logical conclusion I got from that was Magic plus Colossus equals Molasses. And that was what I am calling her. Her code name is Molasses. Good. What do you think of Molasses? I love it. You love Molasses? Yes. No, so, okay, so if your thought was like, yeah, I mean, what do you what do you really think this is going to be? I have no fucking idea. I mean, it might be what you said. I don't think it's going to be Mojo World. <laughs> But that was, like, my first thought. I have no fucking idea. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be... But I bet it's not going to last 50 issues. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I think that it's, you know, just kind of another new, like, oh my god, another new starting point yep. sort of sort yep. of thing. But again, it's, it's interesting. Let them hype it up. I hope it's great. I hope it's successful. Uh, also, I, it's, it's not here in the quote that I pulled, but I think that I read that, like... These series are running weekly, but, like, alternating. Like, one comes out, and the next, like, the other series comes out, and then the other series comes out for the next issue. That might be interesting. So, just take all of my money. Alright, so that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes, or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and on Twitter at... Mutant Musings, what do you think of Hickman on X-Men? Do you think Scott should grow out his facial hair? Join us next time when we'll be discussing some new comics and some classic comics. And until then, Molasses Molasses was was right. right.